Welcome to the Jack and John Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, Jack, I, I'm so in love with this thing with uh, the book of Mark. And, uh, you know, Jesus is establishing his authority and uh, he's laying it down and he's getting ready. I mean, the big events are coming up. So, well, we're in Mark chapter 11, uh, getting ready for verse 27, and and, uh, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and that's where we're starting out. So we're going to read through this this last little section of Mark 11, and then we're just going to chew on it for a minute. So get yourselves ready. Here we go. Again, they entered Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, and he's a brave guy because think what he just did the day before. You know, they purged the temple. So as Jesus is walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law and the elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question. Jesus replied, Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. (laughs) And then he drops the mic. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. uh, he's so brilliant. He's so... So very, very smart. And, and uh, he sees into their hearts and he knows exactly what's going on. This is not a, a shock to Jesus that he's being asked these kinds of questions. And they're leading questions. And they're questions that are meant to make him uh, get into trouble either with the people uh, or with the government or with God uh, or with, the I guess, maybe even the Jewish nation. And uh, so he, um, he doesn't let him get away with it. Uh, he's in control. Once again, I think this is showing his lordship. And uh, it's kind of an amazing thing that these guys uh, are smart enough to figure out exactly what is going to happen depending on what Jesus says. <laughs> Another way of looking at this, Jack, is right here with these words. He's uprooting that fig tree. Oh, yeah, that big tree. Yeah, because he's showing a disregard for the leaders, the teachers Mm -hmm. of the law, the high priest, because they know by what authority he's doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, the scripture tells us. Well, and if you were to say God, then they would immediately arrest him. Oh, yeah. They're just trying to trap him. It's not because they don't know. It's because they want to trap him. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that we have to come to uh, the belief and the faith and the understanding of the authority 
of Jesus Christ, that he is more than just a man in history, uh, that he's more than uh, what a lot of people, I think, maybe give him credit for being. He is uh, God in flesh, and uh, he came down, and uh, he speaks with authority, and it's the authority of God. And by the way, he has said that before. I mean, before they are asking this right. question, he's he said that he speaks, I say what my father has told me to say. I mean, he he very much is in one and in union and in communion with God the Father. And these guys ain't. (laughs) Jesus is still asking the question, who do men say that I am? And you still have to come to that in your heart. Yeah. Who Um, do you say I am? You've heard... You've heard people say that uh, Jesus is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and C.S. Lewis is basically credited with those words because he's the one that that wrote it down and repeated it, and you know, sold millions of books with it in there, um, which which is great. But those were words that helped bring him to faith. Because it was his conversations with J.R.R. Tolkien about faith. Because C.S. Lewis was was essentially an atheist, right. and uh, but he had this ongoing relationship with these these other men who were Christian. And um, oh, what's the name of that movie? The Most Reluctant Convert, I think, yeah. something like that. Anyway, you can just Google the C.S. Lewis movie. If you've not seen that story, I really encourage you to watch it because you have to, everybody has to come to terms with this at some point because Jesus is the fork in the road. He's the crux of the matter, literally, that comes from the word crucifixion, which also comes from the same word where we get the word cross. He's the cross in the road. He's the place where you got to make a decision about what you do with him. Just like Pilate said, what shall I do with this man? And you have to eliminate that he's just a good teacher. Yeah. He can't just yeah. be a good teacher. Because if- he's either crazy because he said he was God, and if he's not God, then he's crazy, right? Right. Or if he's not God, then he's a liar. Right. If he's God, then you need to deal with it. Yeah. He's Lord. Pretty, pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pretty heavy stuff. So, well, let's, let's move on here to Mark chapter 12, okay? Um, then Jesus began teaching them with stories. A man planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. The owner then sent another servant but they insulted him and beat him over the head. The next servant he sent was killed. Others he sent were either beaten or killed until there was only one left, his son, whom he dearly loved. The owner finally sent him, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But the tenant farmers said to one another, 
here comes the heir to this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. I'm going to stop right there for a second, Jack. Because where is he when he's telling this story? Well, he's, he's, we, we left him at the temple. He's still in the temple. Yeah. And who's he talking to? Well, he's still mainly talking to the elders and the scribes and the Pharisees and those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you think they're grasping what he's saying when he's telling this? The Bible actually says they do. Yeah. They really I mean, do. well, let me go back <laughs> earlier and just kind of explain something that I kind of understand is that, uh, first of all, Jesus kind of has earned the right to do some teaching now. Oh, yeah. Okay. We don't know. We don't know, but <laughs> like, I mean, they didn't know, so now he's got the right to do some teaching. He's like, here it comes, guys. It's interesting because <laughs> he says that he taught the many parables, right? but John just includes the one. Yeah. And um, what you have to see here is the, the, the beginning of the parables was to separate disciples from unbelievers. That right. was the purpose of the parables. Now he's aiming at his enemies. And he's separating the crowd from the enemies of, of God. And this parable, uh, very importantly, you have to see that there is a sacred trust that's given. And the sacred trust is between the landowner and the tenants. So what I'm saying is, is that the landowner has to trust these guys to work his land and then be fair to give him a portion of the yield. And you see what they did. They didn't right. quite live up to the, uh, the sacred trust. They broke the sacred trust. But uh, what's the cast of, of the parable here? Who's oh. the owner? Well, God is the owner. So who is the... Uh, uh, the 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 the, vine, the vineyard. What is the vineyard? I, I see the vineyard as as his kingdom. Okay, so who yeah. are then the tenants? The tenants are the religious leaders and the people that he has set up to work his kingdom. Exactly. So then, who are the servants that are sent from God to? Well, I, I see that as the prophets that have gone before. And then, who's the son? <laughs> There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and these guys, you know, I'm so glad that I was not a Pharisee because I think I'd have been glad I was wearing a robe because, you know, I think I would have had a little warm trickle going down my leg <laughs> when he's talking. Because I'm well, like, so you can hide yourself. Well, yeah, that too. But it's like when he's saying this stuff, you got to know he's talking to you. I mean, you're one of the teachers of the law and you know the history. You know what's happened to the prophets that have gone before and what your ancestors did to him. Oh, my you goodness. Know, how long would it have taken, do you think, for a man to plant a vineyard, put a fence around it, dig a pit for the wine press, build a tower. How oh, long yeah. do you think in those days it would take for it would take a couple of years? I would think I would think a couple maybe. of years. Yeah. Yeah. So he's unless he's, you had a bunch of Amish around. Yeah, yeah they could really you know, work a lot, a lot yeah. of hours. 
But so he's worked this land and he's worked it for a long time. And then he leases it to these tenants and uh, hoping for a profit. And for heaven's sakes, uh, what happens is they don't back up the trust and the trust is then perverted yeah. because uh, they don't live up to the agreement, yeah. to the trust. So the trust is perverted. What's he saying to the house of Israel? Yeah, your focus is in the wrong place. Yeah, you, you've perverted yeah. the trust that I gave to you. All right, let's read on here just, just a little bit more. So then Jesus is getting ready for the punchline. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do? Jesus asked. He doesn't wait for them to say a word. You notice that? He says, I'll tell you. He will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. Okay, if they wouldn't, there, weren't already wetting themselves, now, now they got to be. Yeah, it's like, there. oh my goodness. Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the crowd. So they left him and went away. You know, it's interesting when you look at this parable, because what happens is as he t tells the parable, it's kind of happened. It's like in the past until he sends the son. And as he's speaking this parable and saying, and then the landowner sent his son, guess who's talking to him? The son, son of God. So this yeah. became a present day situation oh, yeah. now. And what are they going to do? Yeah. What are they going to do with the son? Recognizing that that's exactly who God's talking to is them. They're going to do the very thing that Jesus told them in the parable. And, uh, going to have the curse placed upon them and then salvation is going to be offered to the Gentiles and to all people. So they, they are fulfilling in present time this parable that Jesus is telling them right there, that very moment. I just think that's kind of a, an, an amazing thing that these men could have such hard hearts, such tremendously hard hearts. But it's mind boggling, you know, it's mind boggling. The other thing, too, I have to wonder, um, did some of them just believe they were too far gone? Um, and I don't know. Maybe they maybe they thought because they were so entrenched in the law um, and believing that their salvation came from themselves. uh Maybe they thought this is something God can't forgive. I, I, I'm not trying to say that's what it was. I'm just wondering. But Well, and you think um, if the son is coming, okay, maybe the father's dead. Maybe the landowner's dead, so the son's now yeah. coming to pick it up. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that kind of has that feeling in it. 
But God is not dead. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, God is still in 100% control. And uh, when he says this, the stone the builders rejected, the capstone or the cornerstone is the most needed stone in the building uh, or in the arch uh, of, of a capstone. Uh, it would be putting triangular rocks together to start an arch to go up and go inside. The capstone would be that you would take that triangular stone, sure. turn it the other way around, put it at the top. It solidifies the whole arch right? and it holds the arch together. So the capstone or the cornerstone of the building is the foundation of the building that without that, then the building collapses. So this is who Jesus is and they're stumbling over him. Oh yeah, they're lost at this point. Yeah. They don't know what to do. So um, I think we've got too much to tackle with the next little part. So I think this is a good place for us to wrap it up. Um, or is it? Should we keep going? No, that's fine. I mean, people probably want a short one. <laughs> All right, we will start again no, next fine, time. Right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're going to pick up at Mark chapter 12 and verse 13 uh, next time around. So, well, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, we'll see you here in just a little bit. <laughs>